0: How's it going? Cody Jansen. Good morning. World Hockey Report Live coming to you on the 12-ounce sports radio network. Start of a week. Another busy weekend in the NHL. Plenty of teams kind of looking like they're getting a little bit of a fresh start out there for some, like the Oilers. They're still buzzing. It's World Hockey Report Live brought to you by Seat Giants. So whenever you're looking to buy tickets, you know where to go. SeatGiant.ca, SeatGiant.com. If you're in the States, you're going to get the best prices, lowest fees, and charges. That's all you need to say. SeatGiant is the premier ticket buying place for all 12-ounce sports listeners because you're going to save yourself some money when you go to their site, punch in the promo code 120 sports, and you're going to save money on your next ticket buying purchase. Doesn't matter if that's sports, concerts, events, seat giant is going to hook you up. It's world hockey report. Busy day. We got the kid, Adam Erman Trout. He will be on soon. The co-master calling in soon. And you know what? We're gonna be talking about those Oilers. Are they legit? Big win against Phoenix yesterday. Arizona I always call them Phoenix. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get wrap my head around that Probably should the Coyotes they blow one at home at the Gila River and The others also coming off a big win over Vegas Robert Bortuzzo suspended four games did you see that cross check on Arvidson Rough look there. That That's just a, a tough one in general. You can't put a player like that. And now Arvidson out four to six weeks. I don't know. Doesn't seem like something. I, with four games for Bortuzzo? Yeah, it's steep. Is it even steep enough, though? You cross-check a guy in the back into the net. And that that puts Bortuzzo out for two weeks. Arvidsson, they're saying four to six. Let's say he hits back in five. Fair? I don't know. It's a tough one. Let me know what you think. Hit us up, of course, on Twitter. We're at WorldHockeyRPT. I'm on Twitter myself, at Janner31. The Leafs. I know everyone wants to talk about them. They are a pretty exciting hockey team. Let's be realistic. But are they going to be even more dynamic now that Mike the Boring Babcock isn't behind the bench? I'm not mean, going to be jabs. Babcock, he's won his games. He's done his thing. Was he really the right coach? For that young group of Toronto Maple Leafs. I still am not convinced. Sheldon Keefe could be great. Yet again, the Leafs could be working extra hard as you don't want to disappoint your new coach. Good amount of them played for him With the Marlies as well. That always helps. So the Leafs, they do look like they got a new look out there. And I also saw a report. NHL attendance is down. Does it surprise me? Not really. The game's just so accessible nowadays. Everyone and their dog can watch whatever game they want. Doesn't matter, blackout or not, if you've got internet, if you got a laptop, a phone, a what-be-it You can watch whatever hockey game you want, in good quality, you get a bazillion different TV angles. For the most part, you got pretty good announcers describing to you what happens for if you're falling asleep. Don't have to worry about parking, buying $15 beers at Rogers Place, sitting by someone who smells bad, getting stuck by a bunch of loud, noisy kids. There's a lot of benefits to watching from your couch. I know it pains me to say it. As a former player, it's always fun to see that barn packed. But it's also a changing of the times. I mean, it's just how everything is going. Let's start with the Withers. Just saw the highlights rip through the TV there. They do beat Arizona yesterday. 4-3 to shoot out McDavid with the winner. The Oilers are playing good. It's a good road trip for them. They go down to San Jose. They pick up a big win. Yeah, sure, they they lay an egg against LA. It's bound to happen. Can't win them all. Then they bounce back. Wins over Vegas. Now Arizona. This team. They're starting to look legit out there. It's almost American Thanksgiving, and everyone knows, if you're a contender at American Thanksgiving, I mean, you're almost your third nearing halfway point of the season. gremlin has got three goals in four games. Smith and Koskinen, well, they're both playing pretty well. Gagne steps up. Interplace of Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Who would have thought that would happen? Gagne, the guy that they kept trying to send down to the minors, now he's filling in for RNH. I even got a shift in overtime there. You got McDavid and Dreisett both playing four plus minutes. Just insane. If you aren't playing the Edmonton Oilers, the very last thing you want is to go to overtime. That team is ridiculous. Couple other stats, not sure if you guys caught it. I'm sure you have if you're on social media. But hey, for those of you who haven't, Keith Yandel. Not sure if you saw that story, whatever. His Iron Man streak is still going. He lost nine teeth in the first period. The other night there. That's crazy. Returns, plays the next one, throws on the full cage. He mans up. That was crazy. That that's just proves hockey guy toughness right there. Anything to keep that Iron Man streak alive. Geek handles good too. Man, Florida. If they could figure out their goaltending situation, if they could figure out how to start a hockey game good, that would be one scary team to face. Yet again. They've got no home ice advantage, which I'm not going to give it full blame for the slow start, but they don't have as much motivation for a good start as, say, a packed barn 20,000 strong, maybe a Winnipeg Whiteout in there. Like, Florida's got nothing. Their $10 million goaltender net has been subpar at best. And they just aren't finding ways to get it done early. Late, yeah, sure, they're chipping in goals. They're grinding away, somehow managing to put the puck in the back of the net. But until they get it going for a full 60, I don't see them being that dangerous of a hockey team. That's just my honest opinion right there. Watched Grey Cup last night. Winnipeg. Tops Hamilton 3312. We'll definitely be talking to Adam about that. Hey, Want some money because because I went to mybookie.ag. Bet my bookie. It's the place to go online sportsbook. Use the promo code 120 oz Sports, and they're gonna match your deposit up to one thousand dollars. So yes, I did pick Winnipeg to win outright money line, and pick them to be up at the half. Got to boost that account before American Thanksgiving. NFL all day, yeah. You know that account's going down to zero. Every dime is going to be out on the games. So we need a big week. Of course, end of the show, we are going to be talking about NHL teams we like. But I just want to bring it up. I mean, all you Canadian listeners, it's good. It's a great cup time. Actually, half-decent weather. I'm probably the biggest... I don't even know the word to say when it comes to the Grey Cup. But, I mean, sure, call it a hater. Whatever you want. To play it in November in Canada is insane. Yeah, you got lucky at decent weather. But for the most part, it sucks. It ruins the quality of football. So, yeah, probably start the season a little earlier instead of just adding teams. Other games in the NHL last night. Carolina shuts out Detroit 2-0. James Reimer with his first goose egg for the Kings and Buffalo. They defeat the team who were just pumping their tires. They beat Florida by a score of 5-2. One more note before we hit the commercial break. Jack Eichel, he extended his points streak to five games now. He's got six goals, four assists. 10 points for the kid and the sabers defeat the florida panthers 5-2 take a quick break when we come back we're going to be talking oilers and leafs canadian teams on the schedule We already broke down that oilers win a little bit but we will be talking about the leafs new look new coach it's all coming up world hockey report live on the 12 ounce sports radio network we're back to World Hockey Report Live coming on the 12 Ounce Sports and Radio Network. Join now the kids with Adam Erman Trout, co-host. Say what's up, buddy. How's it going? It's great. It's a Monday. I mean, the weather's not horrible. Late November in Canada. I'm really not going to complain. Not sure how it is by Saskatoon. Probably windy because it always is up there. But here, you know what? First great Cup we've had in half decent weather as well. That led to a mediocre game, so I can't complain. Yeah,
1: uh, i was kind of flipping back and forth, but lost by 20 or 21 point difference, something
0: like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm just meaning, Hey, I won my bets. I'm happy. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that. You get to see Zach Caleros, former rider. That probably hurt you a little bit. Uh, that Harris is a. Beast for Winnipeg. Probably about time he won something.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I guess Coleros like the riders didn't really have a place for him anymore. So, and I guess, no shame, no shame, and listen to the chance. I guess.
0: Okay, Adam. I mean, reason you're here, you're a big hockey guy, obviously following the NHL inside and out, needle and haystack type of guy. The Oilers, what's working for them this year that they haven't had in the past, because. Some nights they look like the same old Oilers, and other nights it looks like maybe they're turning the switch.
1: Um. Well, the most obvious one is McDavid and Settle are on a different level. Um, like they, they were getting there last year, but I think like, they're just completely shot out of the cannon this year. Um, the goaltending has been probably the number two thing, where it's just like, oh, okay, like, I don't trust either of the guys yet, but they've both played pretty well. Uh, the defense, I think, Ethan Bear just stepping up and playing the minutes he is. Like he pretty much just added a, a 21, 22 minute a game defensive for nothing. So his emergence is a big deal because then it plots like Chris Russell down to the fifth or sixth, and then gives uh, a guy like Clevland the Martian maybe some easier minutes. And then just like James Neal on the power play, like he he's got 10 power play goals, and the power play's been working, the penalty kill's been good, and then. I think they've get more timely scoring like Marcus Graham who Joe I didn't think was going to score this year. He has three goals and, and all the wins on the road trip. Uh, Jujar Kera randomly had two goals against Dallas the other day. Chase up scored again yesterday. So they're just getting some timely scoring. It's not like you need a guy to be a 30-goal guy, but they can chip in seven or eight goals and you get a lot of bad
0: then. And so down the stretch here when their Achilles heel comes back, what's it going to be? What's going to hurt them the most? Is it going to be their... They're d zone. they're goaltending, McDavid and Dreisaitl getting burnt out? Uh, I think if the power play goes,
1: goes cold, because you know, you look at that, it's basically a free one or two goals goal each game, they have the best power play in the league at like 30-something percent, which is probably going to come back down to 24, 25. So I think when the power play go, goes cold, you'll have to really kind of dig in, and Nugent Hopkins being out is obviously a huge loss right now, so...
0: They're still getting it done. They're still getting it done. Well, another team with a new look, though. The Toronto Maple Leafs. They are, uh, they're are—they're rolling. Now that Babcock's out, obviously all the guys want to work their knackers off. Now that Sheldon Keefe's on the bench, right? New coach. You feel like he got a fresh start. Maybe he'll give you an extra chance that you might not have had before. But, I mean, Toronto, two straight, and they're kind of looking like a different team.
1: Yeah, it's, I think that... Well, the GM, first off, you, you kind of realize that the GM thinks that he might be in some hot water when he fires his coach because that's like, the biggest card to play. But the Leafs, I don't think that they were designed for bad buck-styled coaching. And Sheldon Keefe seems like he's with Cal Dubitz in a small scale. We're going to reinvent the wheel here. So, yeah, I guess they played Arizona and Colorado, a couple pretty good teams, and, and beat them. So a bunch of new life in their team.
0: Do you think, with the change, that'll actually make this team competitive? Or is maybe Keefe not ready to coach in the NHL playoffs yet?
1: Well, I don't know if it's Keefe's coaching because at the end of the day the guys are playing. So I just think that with being competitive, their division's still really good. And like Florida, Montreal... Boston, Tampa like anybody could beat anybody in that division right so I mean and the Leafs like you look at St. Louis last year they got their top four key of Pareko and Petrangelo and then O'Reilly up front like the Leafs don't really have like those big guys on their team and they're trying to they're trying to get away from that it hasn't really worked before
0: so we'll have to see Here's one of the best things that I was told when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs and why they won't win, is if you look at the roster right now, who could you legitimately see or like picture in the Stanley Cup final winning a con Smythe trophy? I feel like for almost every other team in the league that there is someone who you're going, man, you know, I could definitely see them stepping up when games get real tough. For the Leafs, I just don't see that type of player on their roster.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. Like, you look at I don't know Washington when Ovechkin won, and he's running over guys every shift. He's blocking shots. He's doing all that. Same thing with Crosby and Pittsburgh. One, like he's he's grinding it down low and all that. Like right now, Matthews. I don't know. Maybe this injects like new physicality into him or something. But you have to you have to be a, a much heavier player
0: than any any of the guys that they have right now what's your thoughts on Jack Eichel's Terry he's got 10 game or 10 points in his last five games of course he just obliterated your Panthers last night but uh man he is something special offensively yeah
1: I mean I still, I still want to see more from him like it just seems like that there's there's more there and he's been on a good stretch now but I don't know Buffalo like they're pretty much around 500 right now. They're 2 7 1 in their last 10 games. Like, But I, I tweeted it the other day where he had that four goal game. The next day, he left an 18 year old kid to get right past him and get a break.
0: There you go. I knew you'd have something uh, hot to say about him. Before we get to that Bortuzzo suspension, I might as well keep going around the NHL. The New York Islanders. No, I will uh, we'll get to Dallas too, but the, the Islanders. What a weird. I mean, if if Specter wants to call the the Coyotes boring, can't imagine what he thinks when he watches an Islanders game. But somehow these guys just keep finding ways to win games, push it to overtime. And arguably, this team has no stars. Like the Ottawa Senators have a flashier lineup than the New York Islanders.
1: Yeah, like I still, I think Barzell's close, but I still think that he shouldn't be your best player. Like I think he's a good second or third best player. Yeah, they they don't have one guy on their team who's a point per game, but they also don't really have anybody out who like you just can't. Can't play like they. They obviously rolled their four lines. They rolled their top sixty. Jordan Everly doesn't even have a goal this year. He's only played eleven games. But like they just, they're just a big, heavy team who play a certain way. They're not gonna blow anybody out of the water. Like they go into overtime almost every game. It seems like, but they're a good team. I mean, it'd be nice if they had a set arena to play in. But yeah, they're good. Although. Once again, we've seen it the last how many years? You need a, a star player
0: in the playoffs. How far do they go?
1: It depends. Like, last year, I think them sweeping Pittsburgh hurt them. Like, I think that they could be a conference finals team this year, but I, I don't
0: think that they have that guy who's going to put them over the top. And you wanted to touch on the Dallas Stars. This is a team that very high expectations coming into this season. But yet again, it's another one of those teams that we've talked about before. If you've got more players on the back nine than the front nine, it usually doesn't work out well for you.
1: Yeah, and I mean, them again, they're another team. They don't have a guy who's a point-for-game player. Like, Sagan's got 19 points, Jamie Benn's got 13 points, but they've lost once in regulation since October 19th, and... They're and one in their last 10. They're on a six game here, but it's weird. Like, both their goalies are very good, Bishop and Hedobin. Like Obviously, Bishop started, but Hedobin's probably one of the better backups in the league. And then I think that they're almost switching around a little bit, where they're going to start running their deal a little more. I think Nir Haskinen could be a Norris finalist at the end of the year. And then even guys like Ethel John Klingberg's missed a couple of games, but they're more of a defensive team, which I think will work in the playoffs, opposed to like the Dallas Stars from Lindy Ruff that were just like win or lose every game seven
0: five. Yeah, it probably makes sense. That's uh, they're they're a team where, as you said, yeah, they can catch fire, but I still just I don't know. I I have a hard time envisioning them doing damage in the playoffs. Aside from the fact that Nashville's playing like trash, and I think that they're about ready to stick the TNT in it, Winnipeg is not what anyone thought that they would be. That's a team that's just all over the place. Uh, St. Louis is probably going to run the table with that Central. They're just, I mean, they're a consistent team. Colorado, they're banged up. That's tough to see how how. Battered and bruised they are, because that's a good hockey team when they get going. But um, sticking with Dallas, Rupe hints: How good is this kid, and what's his ceiling?
1: Oh man, um, I don't know. He's he's really good though, and I think he's more probably projects to be like a second liner who, like he's like I don't want to say Nugent Hopkins, but he's he's a good second liner. Like if he's your on your second line and you win the family cup, then that's probably his proper placement. Um, he's awesome, though, and this is what Dallas has been missing for the last three or four years. He, he turned it on in the playoffs last year, but the, the downfall of Dallas the last couple of years is that they didn't have really a second-line center and that if Sag and Ben and Radulov weren't producing on their line, then they didn't really have anything. But now with Group A hints Pavelski, Jason Dickinson, I think that they're they're more
0: well-rounded team. I think this year there's been a lot of suspensions in the NHL and a lot of talk around that. I know I, I seen you tweeted a couple of things probably should have read them more in depth before I started talking, but um K okay, Bertuzzo. He runs Arvidsson from behind into the net, dirty play clearly. Got four games. Now I think I mean, he adds the extra cross-check, too. I know you're going to bring that up, so I'll just throw it out there. I think four games is enough until you see that Arvidsson's out four to six weeks. And that really changes the perspective. But I think this is more of an incident case. Give me your thoughts on this, because this is a suspension that, you know, some people are saying that's way too much, and some are saying that's not even close to enough.
1: Yeah, um, I'd say it wasn't enough, like, Place where he knew that the shoulder pads were going down that far. Um, I was kind of into the crossbar, like four games for that, sure. But then he sees that he's hurt, and then he cross checks him again, and then that could have hurt him more, and he's out four to six weeks. And Marchuso is going to miss what, like ten days?
0: Yeah, no. I said I said it's probably like, like two weeks.
1: Yeah, like I I'm not a big fan. Like some people say, oh, like if a guy. Elbow's a guy in the head suspended for as long as he's out for. Well, you're not going to suspend a guy for four months when another guy could recover it like in a month for for the same injury. So it's hard with these, but like I think he definitely should have should have missed a couple more games at least. Like just given like he saw that he was hurt. Like I know that Arvidsson kind of plays that style where he he just mucks mucks around and stuff like that and gets in your grill. And he's a smaller guy, but I don't know. There, there's got to be a line there.
0: Yeah, that was, it was, uh, I, you know what, the, the more I think about it, I go, all righty, well, four games, yeah, maybe that's not as bad. What happens if Arvidsson gets back in four weeks? Like, then are we seeing it's okay? Or if it pushes it to a month and a half, then you're like, ah, maybe it wasn't enough. But, you know, for right now, I think four games is fine. It kind of sets the message of, hey, we're not going to accept this. But yet again, I've got zero faith in George Peros and his staff. I know it's a thankless, tough job. But there, there's no consistency, and there's very minimal player safety aspect in the suspension game. That's what, that's what I'll say in a sense of, there's a lot of dangerous plays that go left uncalled, and there's a lot of these so-called big hits that they want to take a look at before dirty and dangerous plays. So that's just kind of the, the role that I see George playing. I know he's, he's your good buddy, so. We won't poke at him too much.
1: Yeah, like, I, I disagree with that. As you said, a thankless it's if you suspend a guy 10 games, that's, like, an eighth of the season or whatever. And then if you suspend a guy for three games, that's not enough. So, I don't
0: know. Okay, last uh, last topic before we uh, get some of your bets for tonight. But the NHL attendance is down. i seen a report that most of the teams are, you know, they're hurting. Even Montreal, they're struggling to to sell out. Like, uh, I know we've we've been to games, you've been to games, you've seen it at its peak in Calgary Flames playoff, that's as good as it gets, and you've seen it at its low in an Edmonton Wednesday night game against, you know, Carolina. Like, why is the NHL product struggling ticket-wise when I mean other other leagues are thriving I mean is it is there too much accessibility in the game I know you think of like Colorado they struggle to even get on TV just because of some stupid incident I don't even know what the heck's happening down there but like you know is this something that the NHL can fix or is this just the changing of the times Uh,
1: maybe a little bit of both like I don't think the league, and I, I think a lot of people would agree that, like, the league doesn't do a good enough job, like, marketing, like, their stars, and, like, who you'd want to see, and, like, I mean, Connor McDavid's the best player in the league, and how many times did he play on NBC this year? Like, hardly any, so, it's, like, I get what you're saying, though, like, ticket prices are a joke, especially in Canada, like, you, you want to pay a hundred bucks and go have your nose bleed halfway through the game, like, It's kind of that, and, like, I don't know if this is a thing, so a lot of people haven't been to a playoff game, but going to a playoff game is, like, it's ten times better than a regular season game, like, almost we're to the point where, like, you're not going to a game until April, like, that's in the boat that I'd probably be in, I'd say. Um, But, yeah, ticket prices are a joke and everything, like, I don't know if people go to the game to, like, see stuff right away or, like, have a beer or whatever, but, like, if you're if you're not watching the game, you can see it on
0: Twitter in 30 seconds, right? Yeah, a lot of a lot of variables out there. That's for sure. I, I I just really don't know if there's an even an answer that you could pr- provide to to get these teams more fans or or whatnot. But yeah, I think it's an interesting one. It's crazy. I mean, you. You know, like teams like Florida, Arizona, like they're going to struggle fan wise. Dallas, like they're not going to sell out every game. But when you see Winnipeg, Montreal, Toronto, like even Edmonton, like this is one of their lowest fan totals in like five years, and this is their best team. Like it just doesn't add up until you ask someone who goes to the games. And it goes from an actual fan perspective of, yeah, I mean, spending $100 to sit in the nosebleeds, you chuck in 25 bucks for parking, you know, probably spend 50 bucks on beer, food, whatnot. Like, it's not a, just a normal evening anymore. It's something that you actually go out of your way. And in that sense, if you're going to be spending 200 bucks a person just to go, why don't you just save on those four games and go to a playoff game? where it's going to be that much better
1: yeah and that's that's the boat I'm at where you don't want to especially if you don't live there like you don't want to drive through like shitty conditions in the middle of February just if you can like wait for the snow to melt and see a better game in, in April or
0: Last one for you. We got a bunch of hockey games tonight. We got to win some money. Brought to you by BetMyBookie, of course, on MyBookie.ag. If you punch in the promo code OZ Sports, they're going to match your deposit up to $1,000. Money line minute, Adam. Give me the winners. Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Uh, Tampa. Minnesota, New York. Rangers. Rangers. Vancouver, Philly. Uh. Oh, Road Warriors! Calgary, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's a tough one. I don't know. The Flames still—they they get that win, but they're still playing like dump. Uh, Ottawa, Columbus. Oh, give me the seventh. Wow, they're pumping over five hundred. A eh? that would be that would be pretty big for them. Uh, St. Louis, Nashville. Blues. Yeah, it's uh, they only got five losses this year. What a joke. Uh, Vegas, Dallas. Uh I'll take Vegas. They've lost two straight. The stars have won six. You're going against your boys. Yep. The Isles and Anaheim. Isles. Yeah, they're coming off of a good one. San Jose and LA. Sharks have won two straight. Yeah, probably Sharks. Yeah. That's gonna do it. There you go. Alrighty. Head off to commercial break. After this one, we're going to break down a little bit more of the week. Adam Erman Trout, as always, joining us on the show. It's brought to you by MyBookie.ag and Seat Giant. What's up? World Hockey Report live coming down the 12-ounce sports radio network. Cody Jansen with you. Connect to me on Twitter at Janner31. World Hockey Report on Twitter as well at WorldHockeyRPT. You can find 12-ounce sports live there. At 120Z Sports Live all day. 12 Ounce Sports. Find them on the TuneIn app, stream it. Yeah. 12 Ounce TV as well. Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, 12 Oz slash TV. Wherever you want to get your dose of daily sports, 12 ounce sports is definitely your go-to spot. World Hockey Report brought to you by Seat Giant go to seatgiant.ca today, check it out. Change the way that you buy tickets, I promise you. I promise you, you will not go back to any of those other mainstream websites, apps, because you're gonna save money. And of course, if you want to punch in the promo code 120 Sports, you're gonna save money on your ticket buying purchase. Even more, then a first-time $5 off, $10 off. Seat Giant is going to hook you up with the best prices at the best events. Okay, moving along to the NHL. We already talked suspensions, Leafs, all of that stuff. But I think we can talk a little bit more about the Chicago Blackhawks. haven't really mentioned them too much. But they're buzzing, and it all starts between the pipes. Crawford, he's been playing all right. You know what? He's had worse starts. He's, I mean, he's a guy who's overcome a ton of adversity. But Robin Leonard, folks, this guy's first in NHL goaltenders in save percentage with a 9.38 save percentage. And here's a, here's a new one. I'm sure a lot of the newer style fans, followers, are going to love these all hybrid. I'm not a big numbers guy. Never was. Even when I played, I don't even think anyone tracked any of this. But goals saved above average. 13.7. That's your fancy stats there on just how well Robin Leonard has been playing compared to the rest of the NHL. If you're first in those two categories, goals against average is all about who's winning games. Always has been, always will. It's a pretty irrelevant stat. If you're on a good team, you're good. If you're on a bad team, it's bad. Save percentage, there's no reason, none, doesn't matter what level, I don't care what team you're at. If you have a save percentage below 900 as a goaltender, you are not doing your job. Stop nine out of every 10 shots. That's what they ask. You got to be above 900, especially if you are in the NHL. That's his bottom line. As it gets, and Robin Leonard is getting the job done for the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll take a look at some of the other NHL leaders here. Standings-wise, it's kind of been the Oilers in the West. They've just been holding on. They jumped out to a good start, and they've been holding on to it. Really no challenges for them. Arizona is four points back now after that Oiler win last night. Out in the central, you got St. Louis. 33 points for them. Dallas, they're heating up. As Adams said, they're 9-0-1 in their last 10. They've won six straight. Adams betting against them tonight. But hey. St. Louis leads that Central. Winnipeg is in third. Pretty sneaky twenty-nine point season for them. And they haven't been talked about much except for at the start of the year that home Buffalo and eight. I mean, that's a that's a team that had their struggles, had their challenges, and in the wild card spots so you got Colorado and Vegas. Teams not in San Jose, Calgary, Nashville. Wow. If I would have told you before the year that those three teams would not be in the playoffs, there's no way you'd believe me, and you would probably have called me stupid for saying that. Calgary, top in the West. San Jose, and, I mean, they beat Vegas in the first round, like it or not. It's a pretty damn good hockey team. And Nashville, one of the best backhands in the league. Uh, yeah, Pecorini struggled. Not gonna, Not going to hide that one. He has been pretty mediocre at best. And the Preds just can't put it together. They're 2-6-2 and in their last 10. Allowed 76 goals this season. Only teams to really allow more. Calgary, L.A., Minnesota's allowed one more. Not a good look. Not a good look if you're Nashville. But for the Flames as well, I mean... You can't be up there in the goals against category and expect to be a playoff team. Their goal setting has to be better. I don't care if you want to say, oh, this is a season that they're just going to give David Riddick the reins. No, you're not going to win with him. you got to figure something out. I don't think that John Gillies is going to be the answer. I think that his time is past. I don't really know what else they've got going in the minors. Riddick's a great backup goaltender cam Talbot is a capable backup goaltender and the Calgary Flames are missing the key piece that you know could lead you to a Stanley Cup essentially out in the Eastern Conference you got Boston top spot 35 points for them in the Atlantic Florida's sitting in second with 29 then Montreal in a playoff spot with 27. In the Metro, you got Washington with 37. The Isles have 34. Carolina's got 31. The Islanders are still buzzing. 8-0-2 in their last 10. Crazy stat. They've only scored 68 goals this year, but they've only allowed 51. They're 10-2-1 at home. Not even sure if that... Really counts if you don't have a home rink. They kinda of just bounce around. I know Isles fans hate it, but come on, it's a joke. You don't have a home rink. Weird. Pittsburgh and Philly are in the wild card spots. Toronto, Buffalo, and Tampa on the outside looking in. Now I know some people have talked about it, like, oh, what if Ottawa has more points than Tampa? Thanksgiving well wow. someone's got to pump that I don't know who's feeding them the numbers but Tampa they got three games in hand on Ottawa they're up by a point I know it, it might look close but let's be realistic here three games on hand there's no chance the Ottawa Senators have more points than the Tampa Bay Lightning at American Thanksgiving that's just not going to happen. Stats leaders in the NHL, of course. I think you know who's going to be up there. Goals, points, pretty obvious. saddle McDavid, they're running away from the pack. Yes, they've played more games than Marchand, Pasternak, so they do sit eight nine ten points ahead of them but they've been on an absolutely different level and here's a guy who doesn't get talked about enough I mean what a start for John Carlson 36 points in 25 games as a defenseman that is wild that is unheard of and that is a guy who is not getting the recognition he deserves Pastor next leading the way in goals. He's got 20. McDavid has 18. Then it's Marchand, Dreisaitl, Matthews with 16. Assists. It's clearly McDavid and Dreisidel leading the way there. Then you got John Carlson. Plus minus. Marchand's up top. Dumoulin in Pittsburgh. That's a surprising one at plus 17. And Jean-Gabriel Pangeau in Ottawa. The kid. He's a weird one. I mean, he's only got six assists, but he's got 13 tucks this year. Does he have star potential? And if he has a great year, come the trade deadline, what could you get for this guy? That could be a very valuable piece moving forward. Green jacket race leading in the dash department. You got Athanaseu. From Detroit, he's a minus 25 as a winger. Ooh, that's not a good look. Uh, Valtteri Filippo is a minus 19. Boone Jenner, minus 15. Then bring on the demon. You got Brent Burns at minus 14. Same with Jake Gardner. Chalowski Chol- at minus 14. Coonan. Capo Caco, the rookies, at minus 13. Not the department you really want to be in. Game-winning goals, this is a, this is an interesting one. You see who really comes in clutch. Uh, David Perrault, he's got five of them. You got Ryan Getzloff with four, Marchant with four, Nelson's got four, and Dreisaitl's got four. So is Pasternak as well. Interesting to see some of those guys who do come up, maybe when you don't expect it. Like Someone like Getzloff? Goaltenders, goals against average. You got Darcy Kemper up top, Thomas Grace, Anton Hudobin. Then you got Rask, Bennington, Bishop. What a season, Bennington. 19 games for him. He's 11, 4, and 4. St. Louis is just riding him like a bull. Only three goaltenders with more games than Jordan Bennington. That's Bobrovsky, Flurry, and Riddick in Calgary. Win percentage wise, you got Grace and Koskinen at 900 this season. That's incredible. And for the Oilers, as much as we've talked about it, Mike Smith is not your starting goaltender. I know Tippett and Smith have that relationship, but during this stretch of the season, you got to go with Miko Koskinen. He has been the better. I'm sure Smith's picked up a couple of wins. He's also cost you a few. Had some some rough patches. Come playoffs, who knows? He could take the ball and run with it, like he did in Calgary come late. But right now, Miko Koskinen needs to be your guy. Save percentage, we always said. Robin Leonard's up top. Then you got Grice, Kemper, Hudobin. Some good numbers being put up in the NHL this year. I don't remember what it was like at the start of last year, but these seem awfully high. you got a ton of goaltenders. 10 guys over 926, 20 over 913, 30 over 908. John Gibson's kind of cooled down. I get it, the team he plays on is trash, but he's got a 908 save percentage. As I said, anything under 900 and you're in trouble. Quick, Campbell, they're both under 900. Bobrovsky, Rene, both under 900. Jones, Bernier, Howard, Saro, Stubnik. You can see the teams that are struggling. It is right there. Shutout leaders in the NHL. Bunch of guys with two. thought there was someone who might have pulled away by now. we got Rask, Rene, Camper, Hutton, Mrazek, Florian, Riddick. All with two. All right, that's pretty much going to do it. World Hockey Airport Monday. It was a good one. Thanks, of course, Adam Trout for joining. We talked about the Oilers. They are buzzing. Bunch of games tonight in the NHL. Adam's already made his picks. If you haven't, you got to go listen back on iTunes. Of course, we're there. World Hockey Airport live. It's November 25th. A few more days until Thanksgiving. If you're in the States, I'll give you my pick of the day. Just because I'm feeling generous. Vegas, they've played two very close games. They're going into Dallas where the stars are buzzing. And the reverse puck lines worked pretty well for me this season. Haven't even looked at the starting goaltenders. But I'm sure you're going to get very, very friendly lines on Vegas on that reverse puck line. Probably plus 200, maybe even plus 250. Just because the stars have been that good, but hey, all great things come to an end. The World Hockey Report back here on Friday. Hopefully you guys are supporting our sponsors as well. They keep the lights on for 12 ounce sports. SeatTrack.ca and MyBookie.ag. It's a Monday on the network. That, of course, means there's a bunch of live shows coming your way to finish it off. Well, I guess it's kind of just started, right? Only 9 o'clock if you're out west, 11 if you're on the east. But hey, take a look at this one right away you got Glenn's dynamic sports corner coming up. You know he's going to have some hot takes about the NFL. Maybe even a little bit of hockey out there for you. Best bets with Brett coming up after that. The premier sports betting show, The Primetime Angles, gets underway at 1 o'clock Eastern. Bourbon and Band Opinions, new episode for them at 3. Tonight you got talking minors with Rando Live. Then it's the Brett and Avery Hour out of good old Edmonton, Alberta. That's it for me. It's Cody Jansen, World Hockey Report Live. Have yourself... A good Monday.